This podcast is not suitable for work. If you're under the age of 18, kindly and with all due respect, get the fuck out. I mean it. Go on. Bye-bye. Mm-mm. See you later. This isn't for you. Nope. Mm-mm. America has a strange relationship with sex. We're obsessed with it, but it terrifies us. We censor it because it's constantly being shoved down our throats. But our dirty little secret is we like things shoved down our throats, especially when we're in bondage or we're wearing leather or being slapped around a little bit. And, oh, <clears throat> I'm Sunny Megatron. Join Ken Melvoinberg and I as we explore, dissect, and demystify American sex. Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness, American Sex, with Ken Melvoin Berg and Sonny Megatron. <laughs> Why are you staring at me? <laughs> this isn't a race. What? <laughs> you mark it, set, go yourself. You mark it, set, go. I, we're recording now. That's not three, two, one. Whatever. And your market set go three, two, one. They mean the same thing. I'm using the thesaurus oh, of my for mind. Fuck's sake. The thesaurus of your mind. That's my new band name. <laughs> so this has been a fucked up week. Oh my uh, god, it has. It's it's been pretty weird and pretty bad. Like, and I'm going to start off with something a little bit lighter. So there's this guy who was stun gunned in Kansas because he was so inebriated that he decided to fuck the tailpipe of his car. Now. The funny thing about this was I just looked it up a little while ago, and I thought, how many people could this be? You know, I just put fuck, you know, tailpipe, car. There was 20 to 30 articles that came up throughout the last decade of instances of men fucking the tailpipes of their car. When you told me about it, I'm like, this seems familiar. Deja vu. Like, I've heard those news stories before. Yeah, there was like a guy that fucked the tailpipe of a Porsche. There's another guy that did it in Brazil, but this guy was drunk and got stunned with stun guns for he wouldn't stop fucking the tailpipe of his car and i i just want to know was the car going oh was it was it doing giving him a blow well, he job? got some electric play with that <laughs> he, he got a little some... kinky unexpectedly <laughs> non-consensual kink now I, i'm picturing you did the like, car consent it's a car you know <laughs> uh i'm picturing you now like way down on your knee i mean you'd have to be low because our kia soul is pretty low to the ground would I... you even be able to get your dick into the tailpipe was it too low my dick is that long. <laughs> <laughs> you could just bend it around, tie in a couple knots, stick it on in there. Yeah, as I age, I just have to worry about stepping on it. Oh, yeah. Gravity. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what's been going on with me, just like looking up some silly stuff, and keeping it light. And I know things have been a little bit heavier with you, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your week? Oh, yes. My, my week consisted of death. Ooh, yay. Not really. And uh, DJ Khaled won't go down on his uh, wife. That's a whole nother thing. But yeah, death, like one of my friends died because, which is really, which, well, this is an awful thing. It was one of those things like, gee, I feel sick. I'm going to go to the doctor. And the doctor's like, you probably have fibromyalgia and you need to go on a diet and ignored her. And then she died. So that's really fucked up. So not as fucked up, though is DJ Khaled won't go down on his wife. No, I haven't I haven't heard anything about DJ okay, Khaled. So, okay, so, okay. Are, are you pronouncing his name correctly? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, I, I actually did how okay. to pronounce. <laughs> so take that out because I'm losing a black point here. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving it now. No. <laughs> no, I'm more, going, I think I'm going. losing a millennial point because Maybe I don't a millennial listen point. to any of that music. The, the kids these days, the music they listen to. But anyway, so uh, he was on The Breakfast Club. Um, I'll read you the quote. He said, I believe women... With Molly Ringwald? No, Ken, you are showing your 50-ness. <laughs> You're showing your Generation what is, X-ness. What does Molly Ringwald have to do with no, DJ Collin? No, no, it's a radio show, The Breakfast Club. Just Anyway, what? he said... Just go with me. Okay. Anyway, he said, I believe a woman should praise the man, the king. If you're holding it down for your woman, I feel like the woman should praise and the man should praise the queen. But my way of praising is... How was dinner? Do you like the house you're living in? Do you like the clothes you're getting? I'm taking care of your family, my family. You got to understand I'm the Don, the King. And then he went on to say, it's different rules for men. We the King. So there's some things y'all might not want to do, but it got to get done. I just can't do what you want me to do. I just can't. (sighs) Okay. So here. Okay. If there is a sex act that you don't want to do, that's totally fine. Because me, you know, maybe it's just not your thing, right? 
But this is clearly not a case of like, there's just something about going down that, you know, I don't get into it. He's just being a misogynistic prick, basically. He's on. Why are you looking at me like that? He's denying himself the pleasure of going down on his wife, and I don't. <laughs> is that why you had that confused face? Like, yeah, what? no, for real. Like, I'm like, why is that? You're making it sound like it's a bad when it's a good. Well, I guess to him it's a bad, and I don't even think it's a bad. Well, first of all, it is. He's like, acting like it's a chore. He's acting like it's a chore. He's perpetuating into the myth of like vaginas are stinky and ew, ew, ew. Um, but he's more being a misogynistic prick. So that sucks. Not as bad as death, but that sucks too. So that's what's been going on this week. Well, that fucking sucks on like so many different ways. It just. No, actually, but, there's no sucking there's going no sucking on. Well, except for her. Collins, she's, doing, not, yeah. she's doing the sucking. But hi, everyone. I'm Sunny Megatron. And I'm Ken Melvoin Burr. And welcome to episode 40 of American Sex Podcast. Holy shit. American I, Sex Podcast episode 40? Pretty soon it's going to be 50, the same age as me. You Jesus. Just, you fucked up my song, Ken. I was going to sing about where husbands go down on their wives. Oh, okay. And, Take two. But no, it's Do fine. It. No, no, no. no, no. no. I'm, I just did it. That's it. That's it. Was it a chore? No. <laughs> But maybe I could sing it better with your dick in my mouth. I don't know. Just let's keep going. This week's guest is the ever-amazing Shannon Boudram. She is the internet's most sought-after certified sex educator, dating coach, and relationship expert with over 25 million YouTube views, alongside her mainstream coverage across ABC's The View, MTV, The Steve Harvey Show, CNN, The New York Times, Forbes, and Time Magazine. Known by her community as Shan Booty, she is currently the relationship expert host and a consulting producer for Facebook's Watches Makeup or Breakup, which is now in its second season. I'm so excited about this interview. I had such a good time. Uh, we know Shanna from way back when. You'll hear it in the end. You get the whole story. But we talked to her, yeah, about her dating show, about her hot, 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 super hot open relationship that I like stalk on YouTube because she's always making videos about it. Uh, her dealing with internet harassment and all sorts of things. But before we get to our interview, we got to do the stuff, right? Hey, what time is it, Ken? You know what time it is. It's don't interrupt my song. It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time to the new members of our Patreon family. How can you remember that goddamn song every time you do it? Like it's always the same, and I don't. Know it's how the a fuck jingle you do it. now. It's we're branding this, Ken. <sighs> it's 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 branded, meaning it's burned into your brain forever, like a brand, like acid. Yep. So Natasha, Crystal, Stan, Lisa, Tammy. Gina, the pleasure mechanics, Libra and Dan, all of you amazing people joined our Patreon family this week. Thank you so much for supporting us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And everyone. first of all, holy fucking shit, there's a lot of you this week. We all we love you, each and every one of you. And we really appreciate you. This helps put food on our table. It helps feed our starving children. It will help us get the fuck out of Chicago eventually. I and, mean, we love Chicago, but it's time for us to move. And if we were married to you, we'd go down on you. And we would go down on you. Mm -hmm. We would. So we are officially at 54 Patreon family members. You all get our episodes early and a bunch of other perks. One of which is a funny oops poop story by this week's guest, Shan Booty. We'll be announcing which April members get surprises in the mail a little bit later this week. So watch our Patreon feed. Also, all May Patreon members are going to be getting their very own jar of the butters provided by peepshowtoys.com. You can still get in on that by one becoming our Patreon supporter before May 31st, and two, by signing up for Peep Show Toys mailing list by texting the word Peep Show, that's P-E-E-P-S-H-O-W, to the number 345 Three, four, five. And Patreon supporters, you're, you're going to get a big bonus because we just cut out like five minutes of laughing and farting and all that. So, yeah. <clears throat> Did you fart? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I had an idea. Seriously. All right. So I am Is on... this about a farty party? No, no, no. Can we do a farty party at the next Sexy Time Club? Maybe. Okay. Just, you're interrupting my brilliant idea. Okay. So we got... <laughs> we had so many Patreon people join us this week. And I was like, you know, we're at 50. We passed 50. I wonder how many, and I was thinking out loud on Twitter, I was tweeting this, like, I wonder how long it's going to take us to get to 100. And I was like, let's do a bet, like a football pool, you know, like, we got to have some kind of game out of it. How long will it take to get to 100? Like, guessing how many M&Ms are in a jar, kind of. My guess, 
was July 5th. That's about two months from now. And then Cooper from Life on the Swing Set podcast tweeted back, you know, like, oh, what a marketing tactic. Like, I dare you to support me. So I'm like, yeah. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking, Ken, that if we make 100 Patreon supporters before July 5th, we have to pay the price. We lose the bet. Here's what I think the bet should be. You are looking at me. You're looking. You're like, what's going to happen? This is insane. It's not insane. Okay, so here's what's going to happen. We're going to take one paddle spank for every page. A hundred. Okay, here's what's going to happen. We? Uh Uh-huh, because (laughs) here's what's going to happen. What what is this weed? You have a mouse in your pocket? I'm going to do the first 50 to you, and you're going to do the other 50 to me. Oh, as long as I get to go and second, we that's are going to record it. We no. You, you just said you're going to give or me the vice first versa. This no. is not written in stone. That's what, yes, it is. This is not written in stone. So I think Yahweh that's what we himself do. has come down and like carved it into a stone granite tablet that you are going first and I am going second. No. But I think that's our bet. What do you think, audience? Can we make 100 patrons? Which now, that's only 46 more people. We got like eight gazillion just this week. But you're talking May 5th. That's like... No, not... Today, May- that's what you said. You said May 5th. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> Today is May 5th, gonna, asshole. No, it's actually the 6th now. We're going to go back in time. I meant July. July 5th. <laughs> I'll do that whole thing over again. <laughs> yeah, I'll, because- just, I'll just insert a space. I'll be like, a different voice. July 5th. So by July 5th, two months. Two months. Just... Everybody go with it. Come on. So anyway, Peep Show Toys has another cool thing for you for this month, too. Now, first of all, they sent me a whole bunch of bullet vibrators to sample on your behalf, kind of like I did last month with the pulsators and the womanizers and stuff. So mark your calendar for Thursday, May 10th at 9 p.m. Central. I'm doing a compare contrast live stream to determine what is the best bullet vibrator for the price. And of course... Peep Show is giving me one of my favorites to give away too. So today, right now on my Instagram, my Sunny Megatron Instagram, I am giving away a Femme Fun Ultra Bullet. Just go to my Instagram page and you can follow the directions. It's super easy to enter. And as always, you get 10% off everything at peepshowtoys.com when you use the code Sunny at checkout. And guess what? Right now, through May 18th, you get 18% off their Masturbation May curated collection if you use the code MMAY, M-M-A-Y, 1-8. So that link is going to be in our show notes. We're also doing another giveaway this month with Castle Megastore. We're giving away a Doomy. Oh, it's, it's, it's called Dommy. It's Dommy. I like Doomy better. No, no, it's Dommy. I like Doomy. No, who, what do you want to have in sex? Doomy? That's DJ Khaled sex. Doomy. I'm never going to get eaten out again for the rest of my life. Oh, Doomy. I get it. I like Doom, like Gloom and Doom. No, 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 no. Eeyore sex. Like, Like, I'm never, I'm never going to get eaten out. Oh, bother. (laughs) That was so not Eeyore. (laughs) Whatever. I don't even know what you were. (laughs) Okay. But it is, it's Dommy. Okay. We're also doing another giveaway this month with Castle Megastore. We're giving away a Dami app controlled mini wand massager. To enter to win your own, go to sunnymegatron.com slash Dami, D-O-M-I, giveaway ends June 3rd. You can also get 20% off select items at castlemegastore.com when you use the code SUNNY, that's S-U-N-N-Y, at checkout. And hey, Midwesterners, did you hear Ken and I? We are teaching in the Detroit area the last weekend in May. Yeah, at the Club Ascension Memorial Day chicken barbecue event it's a weekend of classes and play we're teaching our interrogation class and our humor and bdsm class so if you haven't gotten your tickets yet make sure when you do you use code sunny you're gonna get five dollars off your admission fee Woohoo! now i also heard one other interesting thing about this particular event and that is northern rebel the guy that is throwing the whole event is doing a barbed wire suspension class Ooh. and that's something that i've never seen before and i'm looking very forward to actually checking that out did i tell you the story and i know i did but just go with it for the listeners did i tell you that one of my relatives invented barbed wire you knew this right are you pretending? What am I supposed to say? You're I like, don't I don't know. know. <laughs> Go I, down I, on me. Go <laughs> down on me. That's what you're supposed to say. 
No. Uh, yeah, one of my relatives supposedly invented barbed wire, but he got the patent stolen away from him. So who's ever in the history books is inventing barbed wire. He's a lying, cheating fuckhead who probably also didn't go down on his wife. Yeah. On to this week's interview with the awesome, the amazing, the talented Shannon Boudram. We have on the line one of my favorite people in sex ed today whose face is all over the internet, Shan Booty, also known as Shannon Boudram. Yay! Hi, Shannon. Uh, thank Hi, you. Shannon. What a compliment. You you are a masterful flirt. Thank you for that. Oh, <laughs> well, you're welcome. Wink, wink. No, seriously, you are absolutely on fire. So for those listeners who don't know, Shannon and I and Ken all met in 2014 when we were shooting my show, Sex with Sunny Megatron. Shannon was one of our like panel people. What do we call it? Roundtable. Like a yeah. roundtable discussion where she was an expert panelist. Mm-hmm. And ever, and that's when I first met you. I first knew you existed, but you were born to me in 2015. <laughs> and you were fucking amazing, by the way. I just have to say, you kind of smoked everybody. Yeah, like that was, was such honest to goodness. Is one of those things I quote to this day. It was incredibly eye opening, and it was awesome. And I had that terrible experience with your producer. Um, uh, remember, I got into, I got like in a fight with her in the parking lot, bef- and then we both <laughs> came into work together, and I was like, "Oh, this couldn't be any more awkward." Um, and then you described her as the person that you would hand the phone to if you were in a dispute with your cell phone carrier, and I'm like, "That makes sense." Yes. And um, oh yeah, it was our line producer at the time. Yes. Yeah. Right. And I have to say though, the whole time we were filming that, we're like, if we could have made a behind the scenes series of all the shit that went down while we were making the real series, it probably would have been better. I can <laughs> imagine. I can definitely imagine with all the, the topics. The cool thing was she was the one that when they were when the hotel would fuck up our reservation or something, she like wouldn't let us go up, get us behind, and just like charged at the desk and went mama bear on their ass. Right. Yes. So I was that hotel desk person in another lifetime. Oh, no. Right. So yes, but all, all in all, it was how I learned really and truly. Like I watched videos about cock and ball torture. I learned more about water sports and the different activities that go with that. So. I actually got a better look into clown sex. You guys introduced me to a brand new world and were probably Aww. one of the first open marriage people that I had met at the time, um, especially ones who had, had also shared a child together. So you were my first in so many ways and every single one of those experiences was awesome. So I'm really happy to be here. Oh my Thank goodness. My so heart much. is like getting all steamy. I got to wipe it off. <laughs> steaming up that's so sweet and i'm so sorry about our producer yeah <laughs> you know it was part of the color of the, the whole experience so it was fine i actually enjoyed it <laughs> so well i'm glad that you got that experience because it seems like you know the things you have picked up along the way not only is your youtube channel hot 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 you know you are officially one of those like hot youtubers that people know you have all the subscribers and you're doing all the things right and now you have this i guess it's i guess it's a tv show even though it's on facebook it's called makeup or breakup so tell us the premise of the show because i think it's fucking brilliant tell everybody it's really simple i mean the, the title alone gives it away it's a spoiler essentially we have a couple who's at a crossroads in their relationship and they're looking for a third perspective on whether they should stay together or break up so at the point that we're getting the couples at is that They have had this issue for months. So for most people, it's like, I want to move in. They're not ready. It's been six months or I'm trying to get married. They're not. Or I want to open a relationship. They don't. And after getting advice from friends and family and talking it out with each other, they come to Facebook and they say, okay, look, we just want an objective third party perspective. And that's what they get on the show. Yeah, it's it is addictive. I mean, it's like when you describe it, it sounds real simple. Like couple has problem. We decide if you should stay together or not. But when you watch it, the way their relationship and their story unfolds and is told and the fact that it is a show that has live into you because you do this absolutely live. It's not pre-recorded, And you're amazing, by the way. Yes. Thank Um, you. And and so as the show progresses, you have comments that are scrolling by on the little TV screen behind you and you stop and you read some of the comments. And then at the end, the audience, not only who's in the studio with you, but also the Facebook audience has a say in the fate of this couple, right? You just read the entire show treatment. So that was incredible. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We're both so talented. 
No, but seriously. Okay, I don't watch Wait, TV. I, I have a really quick question. What? Have you had anybody that has, you've given them some awesome advice, they they listen to what everybody suggests, and then at the last second, they're like, nope, screw that, I'm not listening to any of you people. We haven't. I mean, we honestly, for it being a live show, there's so much more chairs that I wanted to get broken and wine glasses that were smashed over someone's head. Nothing you want a little really, Jerry Springer action? Just yeah, a little, don't you? The most ya? unpredictable thing that happened is this guy stood up and he was like, I'm just so, he picked up a pillow and he was like angry and he threw it at her legs. And that is like, <laughs> okay, throwing pillows didn't solve anything ever. And that was the end of it. But that was like the most like hottest, like unpredictable moment we had. And I always encourage people before I'm like, look, this is live. You can light yourself on fire. No one can stop you. And yet no one did. So Despite wow. my, that was my best advice actually that no one took. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, it, I think a lot of the times these really were real couples. They really weren't actors. And that has the good and the bad to it because obviously you don't get the massive drama, but you see the authenticity. And yeah. it really was remarkable in, in that way. I think that's why I'm so drawn to it because as I'm watching it, you know, I know how reality TV is. When we did our show, all of our couples were real. However, we had all the reality TV producers that are like, now we got to fake this. We got to embellish that. And then we're like, no, no, no. And when I started watching your show, I'm like, this has got to be real. Like, they're not making this shit up. These are real couples and you can feel it, you know? So when you have these couples that apply to be on the show, part of me is thinking, how do they get here? Are they at the point where they're not taking their relationship seriously, where they're just like, I'm going to let the, the universe on social media decide? Like, are, is it a certain type of couple that will leave it up to the fate of strangers? I really think it's people who essentially have just come to a stalemate and they've had an issue for sometimes, like I said, even years and they just want to hear something different. A lot of people saw the show and they're like, yeah, and everybody wants to come on the show and hear I'm right. That's the basic premise. People want to go and they want to prove their partner wrong and say, look, listen to me because I'm the one who's right. I think it very rarely goes that way, though. I mean, oftentimes they realize the middle ground that they never saw that was plain as day to everyone else except for them because they're so emotionally invested in it. So I think it's, you know, it's a range of it's L.A. as well, too. So I'm sure there's some reason that people who live in this city wouldn't mind being on tv even if it means putting out their personal business (laughs) but the the basis of it is and every couple that we got they had it was never like last night you know what he said or two weeks ago she cheated it was always look look this infidelity happened eight months ago or i've been asking to get married for two years and we're still here okay what else can we do what else can be done right Now, watching the show made me really think about, like, I want my, we have two daughters, almost 23 and almost 17. And I'm like, I want them to sit down and watch this because it's a really good case study in relationships and boundary setting and making goals and plans for the future or not being afraid to break up with somebody and let them go because it's actually the best thing for both of you. Like, that's a scary thing to do. And it's an awesome thing to see modeled on social media of all places. So now you sat down with a tons of couples, two seasons worth of couples, and they come in with like, oh, our problem is, you know, he wants to have a threesome and I don't, or blah, 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 or I want to move or whatever it is. But are you really uncovering other issues once you peel off the onion layer of the big one? The tricky thing is with like a, you know, it's, it's a 30 minute show. So sometimes you really just want to get the most that you can out of the most relatable and present issue that they have. I mean, this is not a substitute for therapy under any circumstances. It's really like, okay, let's look at the issue at hand and try to find as many vantage points of looking at that. So sometimes we get people who are like, and also they go to bathhouses and we're like, oh, we can't get to that because we're really just focused on the moving part. So we only have a certain amount of time. Right. So he would have told us we could have led with the bathhouses because it's kind of interesting. Yeah, because he, he was trying to say it discreetly as well. Too. He's like, I saw him coming from a place that he shouldn't have been attending, given the activities that one does. I'm like, a bathhouse. Can you just say it any quicker? Um, so I think from that standpoint, and I also hope it's better for the audience at home because, as you know, when it comes to sex relationships and intimacy, there's so much discomfort around it. And people want to say, that's not me. Like, oh, that's them. That's not me. They want to separate themselves and say, I'm not like that. And so the second that you add tiers of issues, people are able to be like, whew, that's their problem. They're crazy. That's not me, which is what reality TV show does. It gives us a break Mm -hmm. from judging ourselves. And the point of this show really was to make it as relatable as possible so the person at home can't deny the fact that they are also 
in this with them and that there's a part of themselves in that dilemma. One of my favorite couples that we had, one of the favorite lessons that I think we were able to really reiterate throughout the show, speaking of your young um, daughter, they're both daughters, right? Yeah. Yes. So your young daughters is in a certain age in your life, you know, you're ambivalent. You're ambivalent about where you live. It's not the best case scenario, but you just do it because it works. You're ambivalent about your job right now. It's not where you want to be, but it's okay. Maybe you're ambivalent about the school that you go to. And relationships also get slotted into that as well, too. That people, like, they don't really want to be in that relationship with that person, or they don't really want to be single, or they don't really want to be hooking up. Like, they're just doing it because it's, like, what's available to them. And this is one area of your life that you really don't ever have to be ambivalent in. You really don't ever have to settle in, because there's no prerequisite that you have to or have not to do this. So the only reason to be involve yourself in an intimate connection is because it serves the other person and it serves you as well too. And if none of those things are true or only half true, you can move on and find someone else and that's okay. Um, breaking up doesn't necessarily mean a failure by any measure. And I think on the show, we really tried to s- highlight the positive of breakups, even when it was difficult for the couple. Mm-hmm. So now when you boil these couples issues down to the the lowest common denominator, which we all have in all of our lives, what are some of the key things that you see that break people up and some of the key things that you see are reasons for people that, that keep them together in the long haul? I mean, the one that we kept bumping up against, I'm sure we all constantly see is lack of boundary setting that people know what bothers them, but they don't really say it or they say it in a way it's inconsistent. And as a result, they have someone, a partner who keeps crossing a line that for them is really precious, but they've failed to communicate that. So that's a main thing. Like we often find ourselves like having to reel back and say, okay, how do we see this from a different vantage point other than, you know, really marking your boundaries clearly and being firm about them. The issue that we saw a lot, you could always help is when you knew that there was, um, a middle ground. And I, there were some couples, like I said, that we didn't even foresee it. So we had one that was a man who was in the army. He was much older. He wanted to have kids immediately. They were already married. She, however, was like 22 years old, did not know what she wanted to do with her life. She was doing karate. She was in ballet. She took up the guitar. Like she was just like an average, <laughs> you know, gong show young woman just trying to figure herself out. And she's like, I can't have a kid right now or maybe in the next five years because I just... I'm still a kid in a candy store trying to figure out what my jam is. And in the end, after talking it out, she was like, look, here's what it is. I want to be with you and I want to share this journey of life with you. And I want to make sure that you're happy and all this, but I can't give you the best me if I don't know who me is. Mm, And he heard that. She said that. And the two of them like just had this new fused perspective. And so that's an obvious makeup, I think. So when people are able to say like, look, you're right. I'm right. And here's where we can both be right together. Those are the winners. I think when people come like one person has to be wrong and I have to be right. Those ones usually tend to be breakups. Did you ever have uh, a couple in particular that you that really tugged on your heartstrings where it made you cry? Girl, I tried. I really did. <laughs> I really like, wanted to. Come on. I wanted to have a crying moment. It just didn't come. But I've been, you know, I guess, similar to you. We've been talking to people about their intimate lives. I, I do a counseling service on Sundays. Um, so at this point, I've heard so many things. One of the cool things that I did when I went to school for sexology is we had this course. It's like a sexual attitude readjustment. And we watched every kind of porn. And we heard every kind of kink and fantasy and all kinds of different issues people have had. And so I very rarely feel like surprised or sideswiped. And I think that it's better because crying also as well, too. It's like siding with someone. So as much as I would have made for good TV, I just, I was always like, okay, that makes sense. And that's how I, I mostly approach the show. Like, I see your perspective. I see your perspective. Um, there wasn't anyone's personal perspective that I was like, ah, oh, my heart goes out to you. Even though there was really some dramatic ones. There was one girl whose dad was just so vehemently against her black boyfriend and mm. like a deep hatred for him. And that obviously is an easier one because there's obviously a wrong person in that situation. Um right. But still, I just, I couldn't make it happen. I know I feel like a failure for that. Thanks for pointing yeah. it out, Sunny. Sorry. It's great. Okay. It's great. Some lemon juice in her wounds. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, God. God. Okay. So here's here's what we're going to do because I want to hear more. You're looking at me, Ken. You're right, but that's because you're talking. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> I love you and I'm listening to I'm being attentive. I don't want to end up on her show. I'm frightened to death now. <laughs> we need to do a makeup or breakup with us. <laughs> what, would, what, would, what would your guy's issue be? Like an innocuous oh, one, like 
they want cheese on the popcorn, and I want salt no, and I, I'm sugar. I'm a grumpy asshole, and I have anger issues. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Okay. He's a grumpy asshole. And, then and sunny, most, sunny of the time, is most of the time, he notices it. And See, I apologize afterwards, the, but the, not that that thing. counts. You it, don't it, apologize it in the time. Now I know you. Like he, He's like, blah! And then he'll be a dick, and I'll just be like, he's being a dick. I'll just ignore him, because like four hours later, he's going to come back and be like, I'm so sorry. I was just a dick. I just need to give him time. That's and awesome. It stems from two things. I'm in pain, or I haven't had weed recently. <laughs> You're an I, addict. If You're I solve an, either of those It's me or the issues, weed, Ken. <laughs> and two of those things can be linked, right? <laughs> well, you I know what? You. Mac makeup hashtag makeup. I vote. Yeah, hashtag makeup. All right. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna do hashtag break. Just break, not break up, because we're gonna take a break. And when we get back, I want to talk about your open relationship and Yay! how open you've been on YouTube because yeah. there's all sorts of great stuff. And then I hear we were kind of like a you know an inspiration. I'm like, oh, I'm Majorly. So we'll be right back. Hey, psst, did you know? American Sex Podcast has a Patreon page. Becoming a Patreon member is a great way to show your support for this podcast. It works kind of like, I don't know, funding for national public radio or how PBS works. If you appreciate our work and the fact that we provide it to the world free of charge, then you can help support it. And as a member of our Patreon family, you'll be eligible for nifty, cool rewards like bonus episodes, surprises in the mail, and more. Oh, and you'll get all of our episodes early, bonus stories from guests, and access to our private Patreon feed. So you thinking about it? You want to know more? Check out all the details at patreon.com slash American Sex. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash American Sex. Hey everyone, it's Dick. And Max. The hosts of Off the Cuffs, a kink and BDSM podcast. A podcast for those in the lifestyle and those who are curious about it. Each week we sit down with a different guest to discuss their radioactive spider bite into kink. And it gives everybody a chance to express themselves in matters of sexuality. And a platform in which to express it. It's conversational, it's educational, and it's a lot of fun. More and more people have been reaching out to us telling us what they've learned about themselves just from us sharing our stories with each other every week. So find Off the Cuffs on iTunes or your favorite podcast streaming service and follow us on twitter and instagram at ocp kink castle megastore once you see their sex toys you'll want more i have no idea if castle megastore actually has a theme song but i really dig castle megastore so that's my gift to you castle your very own theme song and you listeners get a gift too if you go to castlemegastore.com and use discount code sunny that's s-u-n-n-y when you check out you will receive 20 percent off your order that's amazing castle megastore when you get your sex toys you'll be on the floor because you'll be using them so much and they'll be so awesome and you'll save so much money you'll get more than one and then you'll climax for a really long time and you'll just be passed out and you'll be like oh my god give me water that was the best orgasm ever we're back with shannon boudram so shannon uh you absolutely blossomed on youtube i'm like you know, you were the, the woman who was on my show and you were great. And then all of a sudden you're doing all of these awesome things on YouTube. How many subscribers do you have? Like a crap load, right? No, not a lot. Like 360,000. That's um, a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. I, was I, at, I have 16,000. Woot. That's like. a lot. I mean, I was at Playlist Live this weekend and that's like a YouTube convention that's majority geared towards girls 11 and a half and under. And everyone there has like 18 million, you know, all of these oh. like 10 year old boys. So I, um, I have a, like a small piece of hell, right? <laughs> but I think how fun for them. I just think it's so cute. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been watching your YouTube videos. And every time I sit down with one a like, again, your production quality is great. You got that sparkly background and good oh, music. And I just I get sucked in because you I think are very similar to us where we teach from a place of our own experiences. And over the years, I have watched you I don't know, grow and develop and you aren't afraid to admit like, hey, I was having this relationship thing and I fucked up. I was the dick in this situation or I made a mistake and this is what I learned. I think I watched one of your videos where 
it was like Kegel balls or something. Oh, right. Like, yes. I what was the story <laughs> that I was doing a sponsored video and I'd always wanted to get them for the PC muscle exercises. And then I got them and I saw the string ones. I'm like, I don't want the string ones. I just want the regular balls. And so I got these super tiny marbles and I had heard somewhere that you, that, cause Yoni eggs, the story with Yoni eggs that you put them up there and it's a journey and it will come down when it wants to. But a Yoni egg is, is a very large, heavy object. Right. These marbles were not that. So I put them up myself, living my life, doing my thing. And then when it, they just weren't naturally coming down, I'm like, this is taking a while. Let me try just to get them out. And that was an exercise that I am so fortunate because a good friend of mine had just gone through labor and she explained to me how to push. Um, oh, good. Because yeah. it was genuinely, I felt like I gave birth to those balls. I was in oh. the bathtub. I pooped a bit by trying to push. And every time you made a little progress pushing, you would have to breathe and then they get sucked right back up sucked to the top. Right back up. Imagine <sighs> if that's with like a nine pound infant. It's the most horrible thing. Oh my God. Did, what, yeah. what did you name them? I didn't name them. You know what? I actually just named them. Maybe shame and embarrassment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> humble, humble and pie. That's what they they should be called. <laughs> no, but I I find it really refreshing to see you just be vulnerable and be like, hey, I fucked this up or hey, I thought a thing and then I learned and now I think another thing. And that's something that we don't see a lot people doing on film, you know, because we all want to be right all the time. Now, you had a you got some shit for another video. And I, I wanted to, to ask about this one specifically. You know, first and foremost, I wanted to tell all of our listeners that anybody that has issues with STIs, you should never use words like dirty or clean when it comes to STIs. Nobody ever means to get one. And there was an issue with you and chlamydia. Now, those of you who don't know what chlamydia is, first of all, it's sort of like the Dane Cook of STIs. It's very, very benevolent and mild. And it's something that really <laughs> just screws Cook. with you. It is. It's, <laughs> And it's it's something that could you know potentially prevent you from getting pregnant if left treated untreated for a very long period of time, but it's very easily solved. And this is something that you had an issue with, and then you got a lot of shit about it and online harassment from that. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so I had caught chlamydia uh, when I was in a monogamous relationship years ago, and it was one of those things like I have a cold right now. Um, chlamydia was genuinely less of an issue in my life than my cold is right now. And I didn't know. I essentially was in a partnered relationship. And then I went to the clinic because I had like a free uh, assessment. I'm like, oh, free assessment. Why not? And that's Oh, you're from I Canada. Was, that's right. Right. But my mom works <laughs> at a, a private clinic. So even though, so it, oh, even then it was like a fancy one. Like I got like my blood work done, my BMI index. It was a really fancy one. And so it's my mom's job on top of that as well, too. So I had zero thought that I would have any kind of sexual health concerns because um, I'd been tested before, before my relationship uh closed off. So in either case, I found out I had chlamydia and I was like, oh, okay, got um, got pills for that and was cured. And that's how I found out my partner at the time who I thought was monogamous wasn't. It was just a thing that happened. And then years later, I was working with Trojan Condoms and they were talking to me about creating content with them and why was I so passionate about condom use? And I thought, hey, like there's this thing called the condom cliff, which means after three months, most people who are in a monogamous relationship stop using condoms, thinking that they don't have to anymore. And I was a part of the people who fell off the condom cliff. I would love to share this story to inspire others to really think twice before they lose that barrier, um, which can be massively protective, even in a quote unquote monogamous relationship. So in either case, I shared the video, sort of just put it out there. Maybe a year and a half after that, um, at this time now, I was with a new partner. We were in an open relationship. I was on The View. And it just, it wasn't like a mic drop moment for me, but I just was talking in conversation with them. And I had mentioned that, like, I really believe that everyone should be looking for a relationship style that completely suits them. So if you are a young person who wants a committed relationship, don't settle for a hookup. I'm like, me personally, I really, really love um, the open concept, which is why I found a partner who also wants an open relationship. And that's what works for me. And that kind of became the rest of the show. So as a result, I go home and I was like, you know what, let's make a YouTube video about that. And that's how we really came to making this uh, entry point onto the digital world about it. So fast forward, maybe two years after that, um, sometime this year, maybe a, a month ago or so, someone had arranged the screenshots of those videos to say um, how I got chlamydia 
you know, it started out with my open relationship and the video below it was how I got chlamydia. And so the insinuation was I got chlamydia because I was in an open relationship. And it was just one of those things that was shared like a hundred thousand times on Reddit. And it just, Ugh. people calling me slut and the whore and yeah, like, you're you, just a like, stupid bitch. What did you think was going to happen? And it was one of those things where I'm like, I totally get it because as someone who puts themselves out there online, you're subject to people's opinion and perspective. And when I put both of those videos out independently, I was completely taking responsibility for how people wanted to interpret them. But to have them manipulated in a way that was not based on fact um, and just overall abusive was was not really fair to me. And I think was, I always ask people like, what's your goal with that? If your goal is to shame people who want an alternative style of relationship, the other option is to force them into conforming into one that they don't really want to do. Or if someone is afraid to talk about their sexual health, the alternate option is to lie about their sexual health or to omit things that could be useful to future partners. So I really think we have to take a responsibility for what we call as jokes. So Mm -hmm. I, I didn't find it funny at all. And it was one of those things that I thought it was a good teachable moment for everyone. Yeah. Did, did you find that uh, personally or emotionally that kind of slapped you upside the head that did you think, you know, uh, there are a lot of people that have their moments on the internet where people just come for them and you're like, what the fuck? Did you ever think a, that would happen to you and B that it would happen be- like that? So I don't know, dirty and twisted. I guess I had good practice because from putting those videos out individually, it wasn't as if all the comments were like happy for you. So great. A lot of them were abusive and negative. Um, so I was, I'm accustomed to a very negative response to sharing online. So that in in a way it bothered me mostly because of the the manipulation of it. And, you know, people retweeting it as a a joke, knowing that this is someone's personal life. And then I'm just, again, thinking of you press that retweet button. Imagine the person that is thinking about hooking up with you who actually has herpes, who sees that you retweet that and says, well, damn, I'm for sure not going to tell them because they're going to make a joke out of me and humiliate me. Um, so further along the line, I just thought it was just overall like a really tacky response to an issue that we should all be working to destigmatize. Yeah. And by the way, you mentioned being on the view. I got to say, when you were on the view, I was at home like, shampoo's on the view. I was like freaking out. So yay, props for you being on the view. That's awesome. Yeah. And by the way, you helped a ton of people with that video in, in, you know, I, I know that the voice of the trolls are always going to be the loudest in a situation like that. But for somebody who's got the level of fame that you do and you have a lot of people that appreciate what you do to come out and be very forthcoming about it you know especially you you know you didn't throw it into anybody's face that you're more likely to actually get an sti if you're in a monogamous relationship than if you're in a polyamorous relationship because more poly people get tested on a regular basis and i think that you did a lot of good for both communities in uh, talking about your experience and in what you went through and how easy it is to deal with situations like that so kudos to you my friend thank you for oh that. thank you that means a lot i appreciate that so speaking of being in an open relationship Okay, Jared, right? That's his yes, name. It is yes, his I name. know his face because yeah. I see him from the videos and I was like, shit, what's his name? I can, if I can just show you the mental image, you'll know I know that I'm talking about him. But so I watch you and him in videos and you're so adorable and I've seen your relationship blossom, this open relationship that you have. Um, so tell me how that's transpired. This is your first open or like both of your first open relationships? Yeah, absolutely. Give me a story. We started out as fuck buddies. Um, I was coming out of that long-term relationship. Essentially, I, I hadn't had a sexual partner that was new in like seven years. I'd been with one person. It was just really not a healthy situation, but you know, love is addictive. Um, and so at that time, I came out of it and I was like, okay, I just need to clear my system, you know, focus on me, but I definitely need some amazing new sex with someone. And so I was at this present time, like kind of auditioning a bunch of dudes. I was just dating and like seeing if I like liked making out with them, how it felt. And then just really knowing what works for me sexually and what kind of person I want to invite in my life. And so he came over one day and we just really vibed. I remember like he was like, re- like making out with me and then he like went to the side and he was like, he was like touching me, but like the face on his, the look on his face was like a violinist. I don't know. It was like the most beautiful artistic face. And I was like, oh my God, it's him. Like it's going to be him. So we started out on this sexual relationship that was really super awesome. And it was just a really natural intimacy building relationship where it was like, okay, we just have sex. And then it was like, hey, do you want to come to my friend's house? Great. Okay. Now we just have sex, but we also maybe share some friends sometimes. It's like, I'm going to this event. You want to come? All right. We just have sex. We have some friends and we also attend events once together 
together because we both enjoy it and we do really well in public environments together. And then when it really started to change things is I got bed bugs in my apartment and he just completely took care of business. He came over, he helped my bed out, you know, Aww. helped me uh, like to sprinkle the powder everywhere. It's the most romantic story ever I know. Uh, <laughs> and so long story short, I ended up moving out of that apartment and he was also in a transition. And I was like, hey, why don't you just, you know, we find this place together. And then if it doesn't work, you can just leave. And it wasn't us moving in as like a relationship. It was like, again, just taking small steps, seeing if it felt comfortable, being like, oh, this feels good, staying there for a while and then stepping forward. So we ended up moving in together and it was awesome. Like I had lived with someone else before and it was just a treacherous experience and this was anything but. And I'm like, whoa, this is really great and I want this to stay. So I think we should continue to live together. And then as well too, at that time, we hadn't defined the relationship and I had this person whom was from my past, who I just really had a lot of curiosity around that they were coming into town and I wanted to spend some time with them. And so we talked about, it. I'm like, how do you feel about that? You know, this is something that I feel like I have to visit still and I haven't gotten out of my system, but I know that we've got something. We now live together. What do we call this? And we just organically were looking around and an open relationship seemed to really fit what made sense for us because we never started with the intention of this is committed, it's closed. And the goal for us never was like, eventually it's going to be just you and me. It was like, who are you? Who am I? And how do we continue to bring the best out of each other? And that was two years ago. And I think maybe along the way we thought, oh, maybe we'll change or maybe we'll this. And it's never been set in stone, but it just continues to feel really good. And the more people that I meet like you guys and more people that I meet online who are involved in this style of relationship, I just, I think it's pretty awesome. Um, so I, that's, that's how I came to where I am today. Oh, and when I was listening, I was like, that's kind of like us. Like, we're just like, very similar. yeah, we're just kind of dating. We were actually afraid because we had gotten burned in our relationship. So I think we were terrified and we're like no i'm not gonna say the l word i'm not gonna get all oh, yeah it took us a year yeah. to say i love you like we could go to orgies and do everything else but to say i love you that was a huge step forward. yeah That's i could totally wonderful. say like you know stick that bowling pin in my ass no problem <laughs> and, and you did but i love you was like you know <laughs> you know it's funny because our our relationship is always evolving and changing even after all these years and i've got a girlfriend now who lives in ohio and i just i just got back from visiting her because i was taking care of her after she got out of surgery so it wasn't see this is when you're old and poly this is what happens yeah, i know right you get away together you take care of each other after surgery we go gaming together <laughs> yeah. and we, you know and we have all these common interests that all of us do at the same time and sometimes with you know one of her other partners uh, but it's it's interesting that it's changing and flowing and it's it's completely dynamic as to mm -hmm. how the relationship is going. There's nothing there's not really anything set in stone for permanency other than you and I being in love and cohabitating right. and then we fuck other people. And I think <laughs> I think for a lot of uh poly or open or whatever you want to call yourself couples there's you learn by making the mistakes. So you guys have been together for what close to three years, right? Correct. So what mistakes or what rules have you had to make with each other because you stumbled across these like roadblocks or something that hurt your feelings and you had to say, okay, let's, you know, mold our relationship around this so nobody gets hurt feelings. Have you had those things pop up? I think, yeah. I mean, um, initially he, not that he didn't want communication around it, but he wasn't pressing for it. I've always just, I'm one on top of that as well too. I'm fascinated by relationships. I'm fascinated by intimacy. And so I'm also curious about my partner's experience. I want to know if you think someone's hot. I want to know, you know, what you felt watching that video. I really want to know. And so if you're going to go on a date with someone, I'm curious to know about the side of you. Just like if you went on a job interview, I'd be curious. Like, I want to know you. That's why I'm with you. And so I was always like that. I'm like, tell me everything. And he was kind of like, eh, nah, nah, nah. And so I think when in practice, when I went out with someone, he wanted a lot more check-ins than I was providing. Just a lot more. Like if I said I would come home at 11 and it's now 11.30, just in that half an hour space of time, he didn't really feel comfortable knowing. And so having a bit more, okay, here's what's happening. You know, it takes a second to send a text message. So I think more communication um, from his standpoint that has just made it a bit more comfortable. But I mean, mm -hmm. honestly, to be, to, to be honest, it's like, if anything... It's the other side of it where I'm like, the whole element of policing is completely removed from our relationship. The checking of each other's phone, the like wondering if they like someone else and seeing who he liked on Instagram and all of that end of it. So if anything, I found it has been less stressful other than adding additional problems. But mind you, I guess we're still new into this, um, but I, I hope it continues that way. 
Do you have other friends that are also open or are you outliers in your friend circle? No, I have other friends. Yeah. I have another friend of mine who's uh, polyamorous as well. And she's in a long distance relationship and they have a don't ask, don't tell policy. But again, they don't really live together. So I guess it might be a little simpler. How do you um, feel? And I'm not asking you to comment on your friend directly, but how do you feel about don't, don't ask, don't tell policies? Um, It wouldn't work for me, but mm-hmm. I can totally get... Uh, I, I can get, I mean, I think my imagination would be a worse enemy than reality, but yeah. if someone else just is able to block that side out, like that's totally fine. I've never wanted to be in a don't ask, don't tell, whether it be monogamy, like I said, anything in life, I don't want that. I was on the Steve Harvey show um, yesterday, which I talked about open relationships and got torn to pieces, <gasps> but um, he was saying that a woman should say that she's never had more than three sexual partners, even if the number is 10 times that she should never say it's more than three. And I'm like, man, I'm just, if I had a lie, I got to leave you alone. Like I'm not interested in pandering for a facade or for creating an illusion of who you think I am. Like, this is what it is if you're not comfortable and what it is I'm always working on. And I'm never like a terrible version of myself, but nonetheless, I just don't, I don't, I'm not really one for, for mystery in that regard. Right. You know, and it, it's like, I, I am sad to hear that you got torn apart on Steve Harvey. Well, I'm curious though. What do you think of don't ask, don't tell? I'm, it's not for me. It's not, I'm the same way. I need to know, like, if, if you're eating something, I need to have a bite of your food so I know what it tastes like and I know what you're <laughs> tasting. Like, that's just my you personality. And your, yeah. <laughs> anybody, really. I mean, if I'm anybody I'm eating lunch with, even if they're strangers and I'm not really going to ask them in my brain, I'm like, I really want to ask for a bite of that guacamole just so yes. I can know how it tastes, you know? Um, so that's just my personality. Like you said, it would kind of kill me inside just not knowing. And then, you know, I, I, we were at a conference, uh, not that long ago talking to some other poly people and somebody brought up though, like, is knowing and wanting to know that much a form of wanting control or a form of quelling your own jealousy? And are you truly then really comfortable with being open? And I was like, ooh, poly philosophy. Um, right. <laughs> and I think <laughs> that should be the theme song. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. And I think in some situations, yeah. I think in my situation, no. But again, we're going back to, of course, I think I'm right. Um, I no, don't know. What do you think of that? I actually think you are right in this instance, though, because from the get go, you've always been, let's be uh, open and poly but like i want to know all the things if you go and meet somebody and i was that seemed completely normal and natural to me because it was something that i had done in the past but it was brand new to you so i think part of it was lack of experience being poly in charting unfamiliar waters coupled with you're just a curious person you and shannon seem to be very similar in that regard and that you're just like you want to know what i did you don't care what i did and i don't get that vibe right. at all but you just want to know because you're genuinely you also, want my guacamole i also don't want you to divulge deep personal secrets about your partner either like you can well, tell you, me you've generalities never, yeah, you've never like, asked for that exactly yeah. but do you think shannon that in some cases that could be a crutch for people still feeding into their jealousy um, what do you think I'm of that? Sure. I mean, yeah, I think there's every, every answer is probably applicable to someone. Um, yeah. and that's the thing too. People love to talk about that. I mean, aren't you jealous? And I'm like, yes, I'm also gluttonous. I'm also violent. Um, uh, but I don't act out on those things. I control right. those things, um, uh, for the most part to try to have a better life for myself because they're not qualities that are really, they don't help in any other relationship. You know, I'm jealous around family. I'm jealous around friends who get jobs that I don't, but it doesn't benefit me to be like, not fair. I'm supposed to get that because I'm better than you. Like, it's just, right. I would have not, With I wouldn't have friends anymore. Right. Now. right. <laughs> <laughs> it just, I wouldn't, I would be alone. So recognizing that it's not a, it's a natural quality. It's a human quality, but one that you definitely have to manage. Um, so I, I think if anyone's ign- aware of that, hopefully their curiosity isn't coming from that like demon needing to eat, but rather than like your interest actually needing just to be fed and that, and that being a way for you to pacify your jealousy versus to fan the fire. But mm-hmm. I absolutely think that all things are possible and I've met people with every variance of a story. So I'm sure there are people who their need to know is a way of, of controlling. And I right. also as well too think that, yeah, in some ways maybe it could stifle someone's experience because they're going to do less knowing they have to report more um so sure interesting yeah like oh i had butt sex oh how come you never had butt sex with me like that sort of yeah (laughs) hmm so as i was saying on steve harvey 
it, I, it makes me sad to hear you got ripped apart. Again, though, knowing what I know about Steve Harvey, it's like, okay, maybe. I, I've never but, heard a sex positive thing about yeah, Steve Harvey. However, I like to think, and I'm going to sound like a grandma, I like to think millennials these days are very open. <laughs> no, but I, I do. I see a lot of millennials that they don't have the, the like, you must be monogamous, like this indoctrination into heteronormativity that, that we did as 80s kids growing up. And I was on your Instagram, I don't know, a few weeks ago, and you said something about an open relationship, and somebody just like went off on you, and I was like, fuck this, I like went in on, I'm like, shut that stuff here, you're an asshole, well, what if I said this to you, that wouldn't be nice, think about what you're saying, and um, and I was like, why, why, and I see you still getting a lot of shit, how much shit do you get for being open? Oh, a lot. It gets, it's very tiring, I think, sometimes. And I was actually talking about that yesterday after the show. I'm like, it's this part of my life where the biggest issue with it is pe- outside people's perspectives. Like inside of our relationship, it works. It's awesome. It's great. Um, we really enjoy it. But our the biggest issue, not even the people that we care about, not even friends and family, um, people who know us, it's the biggest issue we have is complete outsiders. And it gets exhausting because I'm also well aware, like to your point that you just made, is there's hundreds and thousands of years of excellent marketing for monogamy. And there's movies and there's talks. You've heard every single angle of that. And so on a show like Steve Harvey, where I know I'm there for a limited amount of time and it comes up, I don't really have the time to go into it and unpack everything. And so Mm -hmm. all I can really do in those moments is say, hey, this is what's worked for me, for people who feel like traditional and um, ownership versus partnership doesn't feel right for them. I hope that I speak to them, but I totally respect where you're coming from. And I think that's a wonderful way. If that's how you want to love, I'm really glad you found someone who loves that way. And I hope in turn, you're happy for me who found someone who loves that way. But they don't say that. They say things to me like, your boyfriend can't possibly love you. He can't possibly really, really like you if he allows you to do that. When I knew, when I met my wife, I knew she was the one, I would never in a million years let her and all the language that they use that's bad language, right? That I'm not going to go into and point it out with you because it's going to take so much unpacking. And so it sometimes feels like a futile battle because you're just up against so much. And I'm not going to try to rack my brain on how in 180 characters I'm going to convince you otherwise, Mm -hmm. other than the fact that the best I can ask you to be is tolerant. Um, And that would be my biggest hope for people. I'm not asking everyone to try it or to think about it some more. I just think a little bit of tolerance. And also, you know, my dad made this really awesome point where he was talking about, you know, people who are a part of that community of of men who are really irritated they can't get laid. Oh, the incels? The incels. Yeah. And they go around calling women sluts, which you're like, shouldn't you be encouraging that? If that's a kind of woman who sleeps with people, you should be saying nice things to her. You should be flirting with her and you shouldn't be insulting her. And they also hate gay men. And you're like, they're lowering the competition for you and they're better looking than you and they work out and they have better <laughs> social skills. You should be happy that they're gay. Like... And so the same thing with monogamous people who are like, really hold on to it. And if you see someone who's saying they're open, you should be like, yes, I'm happy that she exists so that she can lure in the kind of people who are into her world because I don't want anything to do with it. You shouldn't be discouraging me. So I'm, I think if anything, I'm, we work together versus work in opposition. I just really wish they saw it that way. So what advice would you give to somebody who's listening right now who's maybe in one of those traditional monogamous relationships where it comes from a place of like ownership and you can't and you're a slut and and they're like, you know, this Shan Booty chick, she's ringing a bell in my brain. And I think I really start want to start exploring non-monogamy, but I don't have anybody in my life and I don't have any resources to do this. How would you suggest they either take that first step or have that first conversation with a partner or what are they just like pack up and move to New York? Like, what should they do? I mean, listen to Sonny and Ken's podcast. Um, you know, <laughs> you guys, and I, I, when I went away to school in San Francisco, I met another guy who was a second marriage that was open as well too. So before I even entertained the relationship, I had met a lot of people who were great examples of it. And I saw, did you guys watch the Marston movie? Oh, yeah. Uh, Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. I bawled my eyes out. I really did. I cried at the end because I'm like, this is the first time I've seen a positive example of a non-traditional relationship play out in a mainstream film. Um, and it just felt really nice to see something different. And so just surrounding yourself with different stories. It has to start. You can't understand if you can't empathize and so start with that you don't have to throw yourself into it for practice or meets or even walk up to a person and meet them you can stay at your computer from a safe distance and kind of explore 
politely and maybe put your keyboard away in a lockbox. So you're not tempted to say something awful and just listen. Mm-hmm. So Shannon Boudram of 2014 was one of these people looking at the other people as role models, looking at me and Ken, and I'm still so flattered, and other <laughs> people that you've met. But now, Shannon Boudram of 2018, you are one of those role models that other people are looking up to. How does that feel for you? I mean, it's great. I mean, it's the reason why you keep going, right? Because other than that, like today, you know, I'm getting all the Steve Harvey fallback and people are like, what a hot mess. What a sad life this woman lives. And I'm like, are we forgetting that I volunteer this information? If my life was a hot mess, if I was sad, I would have kept these things private. Um, and because of the, the only reason I don't keep these things private is because, you know, for every one message that I get, that slut, whore, idiot, he'll never marry you. There's five other messages that are like, thank you. I really appreciate that. And hearing your perspective, you really helped to open my mind or see something different. Or one of my favorite ones as well, too, is I would never do it. It's not for me. But listening to you talk, I totally understand how this could work for some other people. That's like the most I can ask for. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're also living your best possible life and you are fucking happy. And a lot of the haters that are coming at you are doing that because they're not happy and they're not living their best possible lives. So there, there has to be a little bit of jealousy in there that's motivating this. And that's, you know, that lack of control of their lives. It's what's causing a lot of these issues from them. Mm-hmm. But I just applaud you for having a thick skin and dealing with this in a very healthy way. Well, I applaud you. Do you don't you guys experience the same thing? You know, yeah, I, I think you get it more than I do. And I, I don't know why. I don't know if it's maybe the age group or your audience versus our audience. Like our audience tends to be a little older, although there are a lot of millennials that listen and watch us. But our core group of people tends to be like, you know, late 20s, early 30s. Maybe they're in a relationship or they're married and have a kid and they think like, I know what I want out of my life. And then they hit like their early midlife crisis. Like, wait, my sex life sucks. I'm not communicating with my partner. I've always wanted to get kinky and I don't know how to. So that those are our people. So I think they're already kind of, on, even if the, you know, Polly isn't for them, they're kind of on board with, okay, it's good for you and right. that's cool. They appreciate our lifestyle, I think. And they, because I, I don't think I've ever had any blowback for a little a couple times on okay cupid you had a couple of people message you but oh, nothing, yeah, nothing on, horrible on, yeah, okay, yeah but my okay cupid profile was terrible because i said something like i'm going to fist you in the butt dump your head in a toilet and that'll be our first date <laughs> it, it just, just, it was, well, and that was to like weed out the Energy people who were, didn't have a sense of humor and weren't kinky in the least so right you had a couple soccer moms like you shouldn't be you know oh, jesus is watching that. you <laughs> is he watching me have this threesome <laughs> It's great that you forgot about that, though. That's how I beautiful. I, t- I did. Yeah. That's but just I, old age, though. I just see, <laughs> I see, like, people just hurling so much shit at you, and I'm like, she's so awesome. Stop it. Like, so kudos to you for putting up with all that. Yeah, it's kind of, I guess, my mission as well, too. Like, I've always envisioned being, um, I refer to myself as the Walmart greeter of sex ed. And oh, that love it. really is to say that, like, I'm at the front of the store. I'm here to make you feel welcome and to introduce you to all that we have to offer. Maybe I'm not following you into butt plugs in aisle 12, or I'm not the one who's an, you know, an expert on water sports per se, but, or on polyamory even. I'm just at the front trying to get the average person interested and feeling safe in this environment. So for that reason, I often put myself in places that people didn't ask for me. And I put my perspectives in places that I know people don't agree with so that's Mm -hmm. i guess where the blowback comes from is for me doing that um doing that work because if i could just talk to my own community it would just be it would be super great um but i think at this point now i don't even know who those people are and i'm just stuck in this sea of crazies but i asked for it so i have to dive right in well thank you and thank you for being the walmart greeter of sex i love that (laughs) i absolutely love that so if anyone wants to um go to the Walmart of sex. Where do they find you? <laughs> yeah, you could just look up uh, Shan Booty or Shan Boudram or Shannon Boudram, whatever variants of that. I, I always say on these things, though, I'm like, I, I don't know any person who's ever like gone and done that. So I think the best thing you could probably do is just look up something cool you heard about in this podcast. Whatever like piqued your interest, like, oh, I don't know about that. Like, go and look at that. So continuing your intimacy education anyway is like what I'm here to do. And so sometimes that's not with me and that's totally fine. 
cool. And we will also have in our show notes at americansexpodcast.com, we'll have a link to your um, YouTube and your Facebook show and all that fun stuff so they can know directly where to find you. And thank you. I'm so glad we were able to catch up. It's been it's been a minute since we've talked. So this has been awesome. Right, but I get yeah. to stalk you all the time online, so I feel like it's not been a minute. I know, like, I stalk oh, you all. And we talk, we're like, hey, we make comments, but like, talk, talk. It's the first time we've been voice to voice, and I can't even remember, which is awesome. So uh, I guess until next time, I'll see you in the Instagram comments, yeah? Yes, I'll see you there. Yes, I'll see you there <laughs> yelling and blasting people on my behalf, and I'll be there <laughs> clapping. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much, Shannon. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag SciChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.